0: Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the Queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug.
1: Have you ever been out walking around and you suddenly smell cookies, but there's no bakery around? Yes. And then you notice a white cloud coming from a person nearby and you realize, oh, that's not cookies, it's a vape. Mm -hmm. If you have, it's no surprise. One in 20 Americans use some type of vaping device and one in three users vape daily. So today we're diving into why vaping is so popular and what impacts this has for the hearts of users. I'm Heather Klug. And I'm Bethany DeBrew-Adams. And we're from the Karen Yance, Yance Women's Cardiac, Cardiac Awareness, Awareness Center. Center.
0: Let's get into the lowdown on vaping. Yeah, so this is a topic that we get asked about pretty frequently here at the Center Mm -hmm. because one of the largest heart disease risk factors is smoking. Fun fact, not really a fun fact, but Mm. a fact nonetheless. Nearly a third of deaths from heart disease are the result of smoking and secondhand smoke. Mm. So we see a fair amount of smokers come through our doors, right. you know, and many of them want to know if vaping is a healthier alternative to smoking tobacco mm-hmm. or if using a vaping device is an effective cessation tool. Right. And as I found out while researching this episode, the answer to those questions, is pretty complicated. Oh, there's no straight yes or no. Huh? Of course.
1: <laughs> is there ever really? Yeah. And on a personal level, I have teenagers mm-hmm. and I know vaping is particularly popular among young people. And I wanted to learn why and what I can do as a parent, as well as what I can do as a healthcare worker Mm -hmm. to make sure people are educated properly about any dangers that may come along with vaping so they can pass the info on to their kids. Whether it will
0: sink in, we don't know. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So let's start with how vaping came about. And the official story the one that, you know, you see most often, is that vaping was developed in the early 2000s so that smokers could get their nicotine in a safer way. All right. It was sometimes also heralded as a smoking cessation tool. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know how a cessation tool works, it's like nicotine gum or a nicotine patch kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You would use the vape device instead of cigarettes or cigars or whatever, and then slowly taper down your nicotine use until you don't need it at all anymore. Right. And that idea of vaping being safer than smoking tobacco would play in here because you're not creating that tobacco smoke anymore, which is actually the very dangerous component of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Rather, you're creating a vapor. This reminds me of that super popular
1: meme of how it started and how it's going. Right? Yeah. Because while it may have started as that, and I'd like to believe that intentions were good, and this is truly why the concept <laughs> of vaping came about, it has most definitely morphed into something else. Mm-hmm. Going back to that statistic I mentioned at the start of the episode, 1 in 20 Americans vape. Which is quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But when you break it down by age, you see a bit of a disturbing trend developing. 20% of Americans age 18 to 29 vape compared with 16% of people ages 30 to 64 and fewer than 0.5%, so half of 1%, right? So 0.5% of people age 65 and older. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, those people are all adults. They can vape (laughs) if they choose. Right. Young people ages 15 to 17 are 16 times more likely to vape than people ages 25 to 34. And this statistic really scares me, Bethany. Okay. According to the CDC, in 2019, 10.5% of middle school students reported using vaping products in the last month.
0: Wow. I have a middle schooler. Yes. I don't like hearing that kind of stuff. Yes. It kind of scares me. I can understand because that is really scary. And I think it's important to point out in light of why vaping was supposedly created that the average vape user is no longer an adult who's trying to quit smoking tobacco. Mm -hmm. You know, it's now, like you mentioned, it's now typically a teenager. And because of this shift... The reasons that are given for vaping uh, kind of shifted as well. Okay. So teenagers mostly are doing it to see what it's like. That's 60.9% of them. Mm, Sure. Because they like how it tastes, which is 41.7%. And as a social activity, which is 37.9% of them. Okay. Okay. And there are about 6% of kids in this age group who say they vape because they are trying to quit smoking regular cigarettes, which is alarming in and of itself. Okay. So since a large percentage of kids say they choose to vape because they like the taste... 84.7% 84.7% of teens who vape use a flavored variety. Mm-hmm. That's not surprising. Right. I think we need to talk about what vaping actually is and why it can be as addictive, if not more so, than smoking your traditional tobacco products.
1: Right. So vaping devices, technically electronic nicotine delivery systems. Fancy. Or they call them ENDS, mm-hmm. are designed to simulate smoking cigarettes and cigars using aerosol vapor instead of smoke they use a heating element usually a rechargeable battery operated base that heats up vape liquid which contains a combination of ingredients like propylene glycol glycerin nicotine and flavorings doesn't
0: sound like the most appetizing oh. concoction
1: this then allows the user to inhale the vapor that is made now even though those chemical names can sound a bit frightening vapes actually contain fewer chemicals than tobacco cigarettes and because of that along with the fact that vapes don't create smoke, which causes many of the health problems when it comes to tobacco cigarettes. Many companies have marketed vapes as safe alternatives to smoking.
0: (laughs) And that's where we have to say, hold up a minute. (laughs) Right. The fact that vaping has only been around since about 2007 really comes into play here. Because, you know, it seems like 14 years is a long time and it would be enough time to pull together information about the harmful effects of vaping, both, Mm -hmm. you know, both in the short term and the long term. But the fact is the surface has barely been scratched when it comes to knowing the true health costs of vaping. Mm. But let's start with what we do know. And this flows right from what you were saying, Heather. And that's that while vaping appears to be less harmful (laughs) than smoking cigarettes, it's by no means safe. Right. You know, tobacco cigarettes contain approximately 7,000 chemicals, which I didn't know, but yikes. Yeah. And while vape juice does contain fewer than that. We don't know what the chemicals actually are for most of them. We might know some basic similar ingredients, but... That sounds like food labels for a lot of processed foods. Natural Mm. flavoring. What is that? Exactly. Right? Well, remember back in late 2019... I realize a lot of life has happened since late 2019, early 2020. There was a rash of deaths from something called popcorn lung that was brought on from people vaping THC, and it was specifically black market THC. yeah. Well, Those products had been modified, and they used vitamin E acetate as a thickener. Mm -hmm. And the CDC labeled this chemical as a, quote, chemical of concern because it was found in every single lung fluid sample of the people they examined who suffered from this type of vape-related lung injury, whether they passed away or not. Mm -hmm. And that's just the extreme example of danger from these products. Right. Vapes also contain large doses of nicotine, which
1: is the addictive substance in cigarettes. Mm -hmm. In fact, it has been concluded that nicotine is as addictive as cocaine or heroin. Let me say that again. (laughs) Nicotine is as
0: addictive as cocaine or heroin. So that means it can be as difficult to kick it.
1: Right. Nicotine can raise your blood pressure and spike your adrenaline, which increases your heart rate and the likelihood of having a heart attack. And here, I think we should mention that two-thirds of young people, ages 15 to 21, who use the Juul vaping device did not know that the product always contained nicotine. That blows my mind.
0: That is really surprising. I should
1: have to say that. It kind of makes me go, what did you think
0: was in there? Right. But it's kids.
1: Well, again, it's marketed as being safe. Safe,
0: I suppose. Right? So even though there haven't been a lot of studies that have come out yet about the other health effects of vaping in addition to this lung issue, there was one very important one that came out in 2019. And while this study did not show causation, Mm -hmm. meaning it couldn't indisputably show that the vapes caused these particular health problems, they were pretty solidly linked. So in this study, it was shown that compared with non-users, E-cigarette users were 56% more likely to have a heart attack, 30% more likely to have a stroke, 10% more likely to develop coronary artery disease, 44% more likely to develop circulatory problems, including blood clots, Mm. and they were twice as likely to suffer from depression, anxiety, and other emotional issues. Wow. Yeah. Now, after they controlled for other cardiovascular risk factors, you know, our standards here, age, sex, BMI, blood pressure, cholesterol levels, and smoking regular tobacco products, Mm -hmm. these e-cigarette users were found to be 34% more likely to have a heart attack, 25% more likely to have the coronary artery disease, and 55% more likely to suffer from depression and anxiety. So those kind of held. I mean, they went down a little. So there's clearly
1: a risk there. Yeah. Yeah. Only
0: the elevated risk for stroke and circulatory problems went away after controlling for other factors.
1: Well, those are some pretty significant health consequences. I would say. I mean, a
0: 34% increased risk
1: for a heart attack, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... That's really big, actually. In addition to these, it has been shown that vaping can damage the lungs, as we mentioned earlier, can release free radicals into the body, which can promote cancer development, can weaken your immune system, and, and this one is important for young people, Mm -hmm. can delay brain development. Yes. And we don't even know what the consequences of vaping for decades will mean yet. Right. So I'd like to discuss young people and vaping. As we've already mentioned, it's very popular among preteens and young adults. Mm -hmm. Youth e-cigarette use rose by 1,800% from 2011 to 2019. Yeah. That is not a typo. I was just
0: going to say the same thing.
1: 1,800%.
0: Right. That's a crazy high number. Yeah. Now, I'm going to modify that a little bit. Interestingly enough, vaping among teens dropped sharply in 2020 and again in 2021, according to the National Youth Tobacco Survey. And, you know, before we all get too excited about this, it means that there's still over 2 million teens and young adults who do vape. And experts aren't sure why this drop happened because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you're not going to school at school anymore. Parents are home. You know, there's you're not a lot of together with friends. You're not getting together yeah. with friends. You might not be able to go to the places to obtain your vape that you normally would. So we should lock kids in the house. Is that what <laughs> we should do? <laughs> Well, they were, still, they were still doing it, just less of it. But, okay. you know, okay. it's one of those things that we don't know if this is going to hold. Or mm. now that, you know, people are getting vaccinated and are back out in the world, is it going to go back to what it used to be? Right. And I don't know if you remember, Heather, but back in early 2020, mm-hmm. the FDA banned flavored vape pods. Mm, I do remember that. With mm-hmm. the exception of tobacco and menthol flavors in an effort to curb youth vaping. Yep. Well, this new report found that while that ban worked to stop kids from using devices like Juul, which was the most popular vaping product, there was actually a loophole. Of course. There's
1: always a loophole. There's always a
0: loophole. Seems, anyway. So Juul uses a refillable cartridge-based device. The regulations only apply to that type of device. Ah. Uh. So, they do not apply to what are known as disposable e-cigarettes. So, companies that manufacture those could keep making these fruit and candy and dessert-flavored devices, which are Mm -hmm. the most popular flavors with young kids. And now, these are the most popular type of vapes with youth. So it did a complete Mm flip-flop. So, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, that seems like a pretty significant (laughs) loophole. You
0: think? Yeah. It doesn't make much
1: sense to get rid of the problematic component in only one type of product, but Mm -hmm. then leave a whole other means of accessing it (laughs) readily available. Right. And it sounds like we might have some hope that the teen vaping craze may be starting to die down, but we don't know if it's
0: permanent yet or not. Exactly. You know, one thing I discovered while researching this episode is is that this is a very controversial and tricky topic, not just with the health stuff, but for example, there's a whole faction of people who believe that vaping as a smoking cessation aid is not getting its due because people are focusing on the fact that so many kids vape, mm-hmm. you know, and their argument is that that's tamping down the ability for adults to get vapes as a smoking cessation tool, but... In another interesting twist here, mm-hmm. it should be noted that vaping has never been approved by the FDA as a cessation tool. Oh. And a recent study found that most people who intended to use e-cigarettes to quit smoking ended up continuing smoking Both. So (laughs) So now they've added another (laughs) thing that they smoke. Well, that
1: defeats the purpose big time. (laughs) You think? Right? And it's also been shown that over 30% of teens who start using e-cigarettes begin smoking tobacco products within six months. Hmm. In fact, young people in the U.S. are four times more likely to try cigarettes and three times more likely to smoke regularly if they've already used vaping products. (sighs) Seems like a gateway kind of right drug in a sense. And a recent CDC study found that 99% of all vaping products contain nicotine. 99%? Yep. That addictive substance. Even those that claim to be nicotine-free. Yeah. Huh.
0: So you really, really have to pay attention. Yeah.
1: And I want to mention that even though the federal government raised that age of purchase for tobacco products, including vapes, To 21, there are still places to purchase them online that are not necessarily
0: diligent about making sure the purchaser is of age. I think we've all been teenagers and we've all known that if you wanted to procure something that you weren't supposed to have, there was always a way to get it. somebody there would be a way to get it and I'm this is no different Mm -hmm. so what can we do about all of this (laughs)
1: lock up teenagers (laughs) well yeah just kidding
0: That seems to be a popular choice for you, you know. No, I'm not doing that to my kids. Don't call the authorities everybody. (laughs) Well, vaping, like smoking, is something that obviously you shouldn't start if you've never done it before. Don't be enticed by those sweet flavors. Mm -hmm. And if you are someone who vapes, you should quit. Mm -hmm. We can acknowledge, though, that nicotine, like we said, is super addictive. And so Mm -hmm. quitting can be incredibly difficult to do, especially given the availability of these products. They're everywhere. Right. So smoking cessation programs can be helpful since they teach important concepts like identifying triggers, and they also can give support from other people who are in your similar situation. Mm -hmm. But there actually are now some vape-specific programs. Many of them are geared specifically toward teens, and we'll share the links to these in our show notes. Okay, good. So there's a program through Truth Initiative that's for adults and it's called Become an X that offers comprehensive web and mobile tools for quitting. Okay. And for teens, there's the American Lung Association's NOT program and NOT stands for Not on Tobacco. Okay. Which has both in person and online groups. And it was created especially for teens rather than simply just modifying an adult program. Okay, that's cool. So they're getting into the teen brain. Mm-hmm. And there's also the This Is Quitting text messaging program for teens and young adults by the Truth Initiative. Okay. And you can get age appropriate text support from professionals by texting Ditch Vape all one word, to okay. 88709.
1: Wow. Well, vaping is one of those issues that we will likely be talking about for a long time. As
0: we peel the onion.
1: Yes. But hopefully, like smoking, the more we talk and the more we learn, the fewer people will take part and maybe save themselves from a whole host of health problems in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, this was an interesting chat, Bethany. Yeah. If you have thoughts on this topic and are listening on YouTube, drop us a comment. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or another platform, be sure to give us a
0: rating and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to share us with your friends and your loved ones. Thanksgiving's coming up. That's right. Mention the Queen of Hearts podcast. There you go.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Well, thanks for listening today, everyone. And as we always say...
0: Be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyancecenter.org. Like us on Facebook at Karen Yant Center and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.